Hello, good morning, um, and welcome to our one of our In Conversation sessions. I'm Andrew Guile, I'm a solicitor and a director here at GN Law, and I'm with my uh, colleague Luke Cowles. Um, this morning's topic um, is an emotive topic, it's a very diff difficult topic, but I, I think it's, it's a useful one for us to try and tackle, and at least to discuss in this sort of forum. Um, and it's, it's regarding the issues regarding um, what's called the Snoopers Charter, or the right of the government. Um, to uh, get access to people's data from their phone, from their internet search histories and all these sorts of things. And it's obviously been thrown into, very much into the spotlight of um, uh, current affairs uh, as a result of what Amber Rudd said recently uh, on TV uh, just this past weekend with um, on The Mar Show uh, following the tragic um, events in Westminster uh, very recently. Um, so, Luke, that's where we'll 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 start off. I mean, obviously, tragic tragic events um, in Westminster. Five sadly passed away uh, as at the date of recording of this video, which is the 29th of March. Uh, a further 50 injured. Some of those still critical. Um, uh, and um, the tragic death amongst the five of of PC uh, Keith Palmer. Um, so it does raise, raise difficult issues. Obviously, Amber Rudd is, is referencing the fact that Khalid Massoud, um, the person who drove the car uh, and, and stabbed the police officer, um, had been texting people on WhatsApp moments, minutes before what happened. Um, so it raises a number of issues as to whether or not the... the um, the government need to have constant access to everything that everybody's doing. Right, exactly. um, and, and would that have made any difference? Would it have allowed them to have prevented this terror attack? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it comes off the back of the Investigatory Powers Act that came into force, I think, 30th of 30th December, of December yeah. 2016. So that's, that's <coughs> fairly fresh. And, and that only came into force after a lot of... Um, if you like rights campaigners, you know people like ourselves who who had grave concerns about the powers that were being added, mm. and in the end it came in. It's also known as the Snoopers Charter, sort of as a as a nickname, uh, and some of the initial ideas that they wanted to put in that act were taken out in order to try and compromise. It, it's still, you know, it, it's it's significant, especially for a sort of Western democracy whereby it's probably one of the most powerful acts of that kind um, and, and you know well, when it came out they were, they were the government were championing it as what, such what exactly, I mean, in terms exactly. of this, this is the most far reaching and invasive act of this type in the world and we'll come to exactly what it does in a minute but, but I, as you said because clearly what Amber Rudd is talking about comes off the back of that having come in December and as well as some of the the elements that were originally excluded in the first place and it sort of revives that debate of how far are we allowed to go and when I say we I mean the, gov the government um, insofar as how the UK has law and that balance between what we call Article 8 rights which is the respect for your, your private life in this case uh, and whether on the other hand how much that can be limited or how much that can be um, sort of interfered with for, for certain legitimate aims that the human rights talks about. Um, just, just looking at the Article 8 point first, just to explain for those who, who may not necessarily know, uh, Article 8 is uh, from the Human Rights Act, which, which 
um, sort of brings into law, brings into force the, the ECHR, which is the European Convention on Human Rights. It basically, it literally says everyone has the right to respect for his private and family life, his home and his correspondence. Um, now, Article 8 is called a qualified right, which is distinct to absolute rights. Um, a quick sort of idea of what that means is qualified rights means Yes, there are certain rights you can do certain things, such as right to respect for private life, but in qualified rights, there are certain legitimate aims which the human rights sets out that, that people or the government can rely on to, to effectively interfere with your right mm. to some degree. Yeah, so the, the, the right is there, but it can be overridden in certain key circumstances. Exactly. Now, that compares with an absolute right, the right to life, for example, Article 2, our right to life, it's an absolute right. There's nothing which can interfere yeah. Yeah. into that status. Now, we'll look at Article 8, although you know there's lots of articles that can be looked at, but, but Article 8, and I'll, I'll quickly read just the end of the, the sort of subsection 2, which gives the reasons the government can rely on which will sort of form that definition of a legitimate aim to interfere. Sure. And it says, um, if effectively the interference has to be in accordance with the law and is necessary in a democratic society in the interests of national security, public safety or the ec economic well-being of the country, for the prevention of disorder or crime, for the protection of health or morals, or for the protection of the rights and freedoms of others. Mm. Now, so there, I mean, the government are clearly going to jump upon national security and crime prevention. Exactly. Which, which I, I, I don't honestly think anybody would disagree with. I mean, there, there was a, a case brought in, um, in the European Court of Justice late last year um, by uh, Tom Watson, an MP, and Liberty, which was looking at the predecessor of the Investigative Powers Act. Um, and the challenge brought was in relation to the government having a blanket approach to just gathering everybody's data in order that they they have access to anything and everything um, such that they can then trawl it and trawl through it when 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 something like this happens and they want to know more about more about for instance Khaled Massoud um, and the European Court of Justice quite rightly made a number of comments, and I'm going to read some of them to you. It said, The court declared that the mass hoarding of communication logs and internet histories is unnecessary and cannot be considered to be justified within a democratic society. Um, this rendered the predecessor, the Data Retention and, and Investigative Investigatory Powers Act unlawful, and the court also ruled that allowing the police to authorise their own access to our personal information and to do so without any suspicion of a serious crime was a breach of rights. So the, the, the point this case was quite rightly making, albeit that it was looking at an act which has now been superseded yeah. and such that this, uh, this argument in effect needs to be rerun. And but certainly that timing is interesting. One, expire, one act expires and a new act comes in to replace it almost. Yeah, I mean that, 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 that could be seen as um, suspicious in, in, in some, some circumstances. <coughs> but the, 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 the thought process of that court decision it, it clearly resonates, definitely resonates with me, and I'm sure it resonates with lots of people um, watching uh, this this session. But because I don't think anyone would deny that there are certain people which we would like the government to watch, people who are known to be terrorists or suspected to be terrorists. Um, I'm sh I personally would like them to be watched. 
I would like the police to be able to have the information and access to information that can stop them killing people. I mean, there's just no sensible argument against that, in my view. But the concern is the government using these powers. And I think something which Liberty point out in some of their literature on the internet, it's not just a question of this government, it's a question of this act being around for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years. I mean, what might somebody do with these powers? Um, I mean, it's... it's, Exactly, because in a perfect world, if, if certain powers are used for exactly what they're meant to do then that's one thing mm. but you know time immemorial of cases over 300 years or, or more of, of common law shows mm. that abuse of power is is almost inevitable it may not be by this particular person we're going to point at a particular home secretary and say well that person but it will happen and and the question is is it's fine whilst we as in myself or whoever it may be, isn't the target of that abuse where I end up not being affected. Mm. Um, the, the reality is is people will be affected. And, and looking at this particular issue here, as you said, I mean, where does that balance lie between, well, in terms of what comes first? Do you collect data first in bulk and then figure out who you suspect afterwards? Mm. Or does that suspicion need to be in place first, and only then do you then yeah. go and obtain I mean, I, that bulk? Certainly, I'm, I'm sure that we are, we will be in agreement oh, on absolutely. saying that it should be the latter. You, you, you need a suspicion first. Yes. I mean, as much as anything else, with 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 the situation recently in in Westminster, as I understand it from from information in the media and in the press. Um, Although Khalid Massoud had previous convictions for GBH, possession of offensive weapons, and public order offences, um, like thre- threatening, threatening behaviour, there is any number of tens of thousands of people in the country who, who have similar convictions. And, and, and as I understand it um, from the media as at um, today's date, which is the 29th of March, I can't see anything that suggests that... Um, that uh, security forces had in any way suspected Khalid Massoud of terrorism or, or having been radicalised or he was not only watch list or anything along those lines. So even had they had, well, the, the, well they do have these powers, but um, even having these powers and even had they been able to access WhatsApp, he wasn't being watched, so it, it wouldn't exactly. have done any good. But you can obviously conceive of circumstances in which it might do some good if, if somebody is on a watch list um, and they can access things like WhatsApp. But um, I think that one of the difficulties is, that let, let's say that, that WhatsApp are forced to, you know... Well, uh, the allow, encryption. Yeah, to encryption. change encryption. What, what's going to happen is it's not just terrorists that are going to stop using WhatsApp probably everybody will stop using WhatsApp yeah. and think, well, and just abandon it overnight. What WhatsApp will cease to exist, something else will come into existence, and everyone will start using that. I mean, I mean, they'll just be constantly chasing their own tail in terms well, exactly. of trying to deal with this problem. WhatsApp, relatively, is a new application. It, as far as the world of terrorism, as far as the world of the internet exists, mm. before WhatsApp, people used perhaps MSN Messenger. They used... Uh, ICO. They, they used lots of different messaging services that existed. They didn't necessarily have this end-to-end encryption, or encryption, sorry. Mm. And, and of course, that's that's where it, where this particular new issue arises because you know Amber Rudd basically is 
is calling for a ban on it completely. Now, that means, obviously, there's a degree to which people couldn't necessarily move to another company because the other companies would also have that ban. But will people find another way? Yes. And secondly, there's always going to be, without sounding awful, there is a degree to where atrocities will happen, and that's awful, and it's going to be tragic every single time. But at what point does do we become Big Brother? And, and it's a, it's a, I hate to use that cliche because people use it a lot. But but the point being is that you have a house; people are all being watched, uh, and this is the sort of situation we're in already with this Investigatory Powers Act that came in in 2016. And yes, we we because we don't physically see the cameras that are watching us, we, we sort of forget that that actually exists. But what we forget is you type something in Google, mm. actually that's recorded yeah. somewhere. Um, and, and it, you know, it's not, it, you know, the arguments that say, oh, well, it should be fine, is simply, well, if you've got nothing to hide, mm. you know, then what are you worried about? But, but again, it could be on I'll read something out here, just, 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 just to bring this point home. Yes. The first point I'll make to anyone watching this video is the fact that that the government now know that you've watched this video. Yes. Um, that is that is the first point, which perhaps uh, demonstrates this the, the the extent of these powers um, very clearly. But this is again something that Liberty have written, and it says this: since the Snoopers Charter or investigate investigate, I still can't say that word. Investigatory uh, Powers Act came into force. Um, everything you've done online, every phone call you've made, every text message you've sent, every place you've been with your phone, GPS tracked, has been stored in a database of your internet service provider, phone company, whatever you're doing, um, whoever you're using to text or whatever, um, has been stored in a database by order of the British government and is made accessible to everybody from the taxman to the Department of Work and Pensions, as well as other governments like that of the United States. Um, that is what, what, what they've written. I personally wouldn't put the stress on, on the United States, although, of course, lots of people are concerned about what well, President, I think that comes President out of the, Trump might get up to. That comes out of the fact that um, you traditionally had people like Edward Snowden, of course, who famously in the US has been sort of quite an advocate for that sort of position in regards to... And I think he specifically was one who pointed out, or at least... You know, made the allegation from what he says he saw when he was, I think he was in Hawaii at the time. He said GCHQ, which is our MI5, or you know, our government, were collecting bulk data back then, and at that particular time, it wasn't legal. So there is arguments over: Does the Investigatory Powers Act just legalise something what, that was what, happening already? What, what goes on anyway behind um, closed doors? Yeah, absolutely. But, but, sorry, but I suppose actually, so coming coming back to the issue of the of the United States, I mean, you know, obviously. Um, not to, here to talk about US politics, but at the same time, you know, the, the, President Trump has done things in recent months since coming into power, which a lot of people, including me, find particularly outrageous, um, and particularly in relation to the ban on Muslims coming into the country. I mean, it, with with something like the, the Trump administration having access to, you know, unfettered access to anything and every every aspect of data, texts, phone calls, internet searching. Uh, internet searches, all these sorts of things relating to anybody and anybody and everybody in the country. I mean, what might he do with that? I mean, I think there's a, there's a big question about whether or not 
um, uh, how easy it would be to actually marshal that evidence. I mean, the, the sheer volume of data that's probably created every single minute. There's not enough it, people to it, look no, at it. It, it, but, but then, of course, you're right, there's not enough people to look at it. But what about search programs? Well, it's it's if, the if keyword it, programs. If it's searchable, looking for keywords, all those sorts of things, um, then, um, of, of course, it might be, it might be easily usable. Yeah. Um, but this, this, this is the concern. The purpose of this power coming in is to deal with terrorism. It's not to sort of like find a, a secret way to um, to help the tax man and stuff like this. Um, albeit that if, of course, you are knowingly defrauding the tax man, then many may argue that you know you shouldn't get away with it. But uh, and of course you shouldn't. But at the same time, it is very, very important, and certainly we see this importance as lawyers. Um, in making sure that acts that are brought in for a specific purpose are used for that purpose and only that purpose because there, there is human rights underpinning all this saying well you can't just bring it in for one purpose and then use it for something else exactly but I suppose that's where we lawyers come in you know, I mean, like the the, 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 case, the case that um, that Liberty and Tom Watson MP took to the European Court of Justice. I mean, if this if these powers are found in the future, uh, perhaps the near future, to to be being used out out with the the, the scenario that they were brought in to deal with, um, then lawyers like us should should be should be doing something about it yes. and bringing similar cases and saying, look, this is not what it's here for. This is a breach of Article Eight. You know, you brought it. You've, you've used some secret data to take to take somebody to court on a tax evasion. Um, and the reality is, you had absolutely no right to do that because you've obtained evidence of breach of his Article Eight rights because it's got nothing to do with with terrorism. Yes, it's not, that's got nothing to do with national security. Although, of course, it could it could have something to do and with and crime prevention. Th- that's the thing that I completely agree with. When we're by no means suggesting we don't support national security. Of course, we support national security. Without that, yeah. but but it's that balance between we are claiming to the world to be a democracy and Article Eight is a positive right that exists it should exist and do you just completely erode it in the guise of national security yes national security is important as i said we do support that but does that mean article 8 should just basically not exist because effectively that's the only alternative if you're going to have a sort of more authoritarian sort of state if you like where you know, through you know decades, we've criticised other countries or governments for having that sort of dictatorship style of of watching all their citizens. At what point do we become that? But we're just afraid to call it that. Mm. And I think that's where the balance lies. Where there's got to be a point where the right of privacy takes primacy, and no more can be looked at. It may be frustrating. But then you've got some clever people in MI5, MI6 who need to find other ways. It may just be that you have to find other ways. Uh, and that's mm. part and parcel but, of crime prevention. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about being targeted, isn't it? Yes. And not subject, subjecting people to this sort of intrusion in circumstances where they haven't done anything wrong and, and they have a right to privacy because the, the, this, this should be used in a targeted fashion yes, rather, not than, arbitrary. rather than an arbitrary scattergun blanket fashion that just grabs everyone's data. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it, it really is a very interesting, very interesting topic. I mean, for instance, if you wrote a private letter 
to uh, a loved one overseas, I think I think anybody would be quite outraged if that was intercepted en route, photocopied, poured over, and some inadvertent phrase that you'd used, which had nothing to do with crime or terrorism or anything along those lines, um, was then popped on a database, and you were you were on a watch list. Um, I mean, the, the, these well, these things are unlikely, but 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 at the same time, that they they, they can happen. And, um, and we won't go into it too much because it's such a big topic. But that that comes down to what is the threshold that even makes suspicion in the first place? Hmm. As you said, you know, with a sort of private letter of that nature, you've taken a word out of context and called it suspicion. Hmm. But is it actually true suspicion or yeah. not? <coughs> but and that's where the the arguments. Yeah, and yeah. it's a deep topic which I'm not going to go into directly. I mean, another example, just 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 to sort of like give some real practical examples. I mean, I, I have a, a client who's who's very anxious um, about uh, the extent to which the police were able to access his computer. Yes, and and you know he likened his computer um, in a very legitimate way to almost like his personal filing cabinet. Yes, I mean, would is. you think it's appropriate for the police to just storm into your house? And just start rifling through your filing cabinet and your will and your insurance documents and lots of um, paraphernalia and memorabilia you might have, all seeing you know who, who's this photo with and all this sort of stuff and all you know. It's, it's, it's a fishing it's, expedition, well, practically. Exactly. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who would who would find that acceptable. It just it just isn't acceptable. And yet, because we store so many photographs, we have you know, accounts for this website, this app, all these sorts of things. So much of what would have been in a filing cabinet at home many years ago is now uploaded on in your the hard cloud drive. And, and yeah, it's, yeah, or it's in your cloud. Yeah. It's in your OneDrive or it's on your Apple iCloud or it's wherever it might be. And they can just look at any of it. And that that because it lacks tangibility in the same sentence, we yeah. we've got to forget that it, it equates to the same thing. Mm. Yeah. So it's you know th- these these things do really matter. This isn't just about lawyers being lawyers and trying to sort of like create Fine. problems and all yeah. these sorts of things. They they do matter, um, and they certainly they certainly matter to the people who they affect, um, and they matter very very deeply to the people that they affect. Um, and you know these things need to be thought about and thought about very 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 carefully. Um, again, just to come back to liberty, I think they phrase things beautifully, but. Um, I'll read this to you. All this surveillance is supposed to keep us safe from terrorists who want to attack our democracy. But what could be more undemocratic, more dangerous and more defeatist than treating all British citizens like subjects and tearing apart the freedoms that define us? It's, it's um, suspects, exactly, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, that, that really does, for me, encapsulate it. And, and that's what we are talking about. Um, and... You know, it would be tragic if if we went so far towards Big Brother and treating everyone as suspects and people being worried about sooner or later you're at McCarthyism. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you know, people worried about what you know. Oh, should I put that in my text in case it's seen by MI5? And I mean, do you really want to go about your life worried about those sorts of things? Uh, I mean, I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a terrorist. As well. it, exactly. It, it just it, it's just not. A, country, frankly, that I would really want to, want, want, want to live in. Um, and we're trying to protect our freedoms, and in, in doing so, we're, we're eroding them. Well, exactly. It, which, exactly. Which is just counterproductive. completely counterintuitive and counterproductive. Um, and 
unless there's anything more we want to say perhaps that's, no, that's, a, good, that's a good place certainly to leave it those aren't every argument for or against but it's just a, a flavour of how deep and passionate this subject is mm. and, and it's in no way meant to defend um, you know the actions of terrorists of course it isn't but at the same time it, it's looking at that article 8 rights that we citizens have and we enjoy and we yeah. champion to the world yeah. Yeah. Uh, and saying that it matters yeah so in, in, in essence we have no issue at all with extra powers to the government to deal with terrorism and have no difficulty with them using those powers in a targeted manner using those powers in a blanket indiscriminate scattergun manner I'm afraid yes I do have a, I do have a problem with that and I think that, 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 that does infringe people's uh, right to privacy under article under article 8 and you know, potentially other, other, other articles if action is taken against people yes. um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there thanks ever so much uh, for watching I hope it's been useful um, there are other videos of uh, Luke and I in, in conversation on other uh, topics um, please feel free to watch those uh, if you find, might find some of those topics useful or helpful uh, and if you have any uh, issues regarding this or any other topic that we've discussed or any issue with regard to um, some sort of exercise of power of the state that we might be able to help you with then please feel free to give myself or Luke a call and we will help you as far as we're able. Okay, thank you very much for watching. Thanks. This video is designed to be a brief introduction to the topic that it covers and we hope you found it useful. It aims to be informative and to assist people to take the next step in solving the legal problem that they may have. This video does not constitute legal advice and does not seek to solve specific legal issues. If you have a specific legal problem that you need solved, you should take expert legal advice from a solicitor.